0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. If you will please find 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll begin reading at verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll begin reading at verse 3. The title of my message this morning will be Mighty Spiritual Weapons. Mighty Spiritual Weapons. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, our Father, we give thanks unto you for your word and the anointing that is upon your word. We thank you for the greater one that is within, that will cause the word to go forth in demonstration of the spirit and power. We thank you that it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing where to you sin it, for you watch over your word to perform it. We thank you for it. We bless you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, as we channel ourselves to hear the word accurately and receive God's word, We know that the Spirit of God will enlarge our capacity to receive revelation knowledge from His Word. Amen? For the words of God, they are spirit, and they are life. They're not mental, but they are spirit. So let's channel ourselves to receive from God's Word spiritually. I want to bring it to your attention in verse 3 that Paul makes a statement that actually could contradict some other statements that he made if we were not to study it out and to see it, the light in which he is presenting this scripture. He says, for we walk in the flesh. Romans 8.1 says we walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Galatians 5.16 tells us is that, that we are to not walk you know, in the flesh because the flesh wars against the spirit. Well, what's he saying here when he says, for though we walk in the flesh? Well, see, before he's talking about the spiritual walk of the believer. We walk not after the flesh, but we walk after the spirit. But here, he's speaking from a natural level. And he's saying that although we live in the natural realm, this is what he's really inferring here. Although we live in a human body, in a natural human body, we do not war... You see, a natural human warfare. And that's what he's inferring in this scripture. We don't war after the flesh. Although we live in the flesh, our warfare is not after the flesh. Now, why is he writing this to this Corinthian church? Why is he saying this to the Corinthian church? Well, it's evident that this church, they had a lot of people in it that had some bad habits carried over from their life before they got saved. You know, they got saved, they got born again, they got Spirit-filled, they spoke with other tongues, and we thank God for all that. But they did not mature or grow up or develop spiritually. Just because you're filled with the Spirit and speak with other tongues does not mean you are a spiritual, mature Christian. It only means that you have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit and you speak with other tongues. That's all it means. But they did not grow up, nor did they develop spiritually. And... In the next verse, you can readily see that they were fighting spiritual battles with carnal weapons. They were fighting spiritual battles with carnal weapons. Paul says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, natural, fleshly, or human. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Satan had many strongholds over their lives. Many things carried over from their life before they got saved, and they brought it into their new life. You know, although you're born again and spirit-filled, you could have many bad habits in your life. We don't change overnight. We thank God. For, I'll tell you what I thank God for. I thank God for His endless mercy and for His love. He could actually give birth to a perfect, recreated human spirit, but not demand that that person be perfect overnight in the flesh. But he should have the desire to go on to perfection and to move on to maturity. But God doesn't demand instantaneous maturity in your walk. Thank God that he doesn't, because if he did, we all would be lost, wouldn't we? We have to grow up and develop. But here, what he's trying to tell the church is that the warfare that they're in is not a physical, natural warfare. You cannot fight. Spiritual battles with carnal weapons and come out victorious. You just can't do it. It's impossible to do it. And in the next verse, he goes on to share four areas of battle. And each area deals with the mind, with the thinking faculties. Notice verse 5. Casting, well, let's, let's look at the end of verse 4 first. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of number one strongholds, number two, casting down imaginations; those are of the mind. Number three, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and the fourth area, bringing into captivity every what, every thought. See, it, this is dealing with the mind. Unto the obedience of Christ. And then he goes on in verse 6 to say something I think is very important. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. Now all he's talking about that word revenge means to deliver yourself from. Having in a readiness to deliver yourself from all the word disobedience translated That word translated from the Greek actually should be, and and really it is. If you look up in your Strong's Concordance, it's just mishearing, disobedience, mishearing. Okay? And so he's saying, deliver yourself from your mishearing when your obedience or proper hearing is fulfilled. Now, it's evident that they had some teachers. And this was, in, in those days, it was, you know, it was likely that everywhere the word of the truth went forth, there were those that came in to undermine the work of Paul to teach another doctrine. Remember, in Galatians, he said to the Galatians, writing to the church, Who hath bewitched you that you should so soon be removed from the gospel that I have preached to you? I'm amazed that you're receiving another gospel, which is really not another gospel. But these other Judaizers came in to undermine the teaching of Paul and to give him other teachings. And they began to take heed and listen to what was being said. And it's called mishearing. They misheard. They were not hearing the absolute truth of the gospel. They were hearing other things. It was close to the gospel, but it was not the gospel. And so Paul said, you have a need to deliver yourself from your mishearing And it only will come to pass when your proper hearing is fulfilled. Now, I want to bring this out to you as a congregation, just as if it was the church at Corinth. That we are involved in many spiritual battles. But these battles cannot be won with carnal weapons. What do you mean by carnal weapons? What's he talking about, carnal weapons? Fleshly weapons, human weapons. What's he referring to? Well, I'm glad you asked. He's referring to weapons that man has devised. You see, man has recognized that he has many, many, many forces arrayed against him. Sickness and disease, poverty, fear, worry anxiety, and we can go on and name all the many things that are enemies of mankind. But a good example, I think, would be, let's say, sickness and disease. Man, because he has recognized that sickness and disease is an enemy, has devised his own carnal weapons. See, carnal just means fleshly, that which pertains to the earth, earthly. Now, you think about this. Anything that man can devise in this realm has to be of this realm. And if it's of this realm in which we live, it is a lower form of artillery. Because it's devised in this lower realm. The earth realm is lower than the spirit realm. Well, if man devises carnal weapons, can those carnal weapons be powerful enough To keep himself safe from the weapons of the devil. Can they? Can they be effective? Can they work a hundredfold? Can they be a hundred percent effective in keeping him safe from the attacks of the enemy? Well, I don't know about you, but I've come to recognize in my own personal life that you cannot win spiritual battles with carnal weapons. You cannot be victorious over the onslaught of the enemy who is a spiritual being with natural means. It doesn't matter what the attack might be. It doesn't matter what realm it's in. We cannot with a lower form in the earth realm, a lower form of power, expect to defeat a higher form of power. It's just impossible. You can't do it. And that's why God has devised for you and me weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. Now, let me give you some examples. A person is born again, and after he got saved, he still had some bad habits from his life before he got saved. He's now a born-again Christian. He may even be spirit-filled. But he has a problem in this certain area. And so, he turns to a natural means. Let's say like, uh, we've, we've heard of these 20-day programs to stop smoking. You know, man devises some, some way to help a person stop smoking. Or, chewing. Let's say chew gum, or something like that. To stop chewing. Or let's say, Drinking. Alcoholics Anonymous, or some program to stop, you know, this thing called alcoholism. Well, we thank God for what man can do. We thank God, let's say, for the serums and for the, for the what we call miracle drugs that help prevent some certain types of sicknesses or diseases, such as polio. How many of you have had your children go to receive a polio drink, a vaccine to prevent them from, you know contracting the disease. Have you ever had your children go to get that polio drink? Raise your hand if you have. Well, we thank God for what man can do, for what man has discovered. But I want to share some things with you that I I believe will help open up your eyes to show you that if we are going to trust in man, we're going to fall short of overcoming the, the devil, of overcoming sickness and disease. And I'll show you why through God's Word. How many of you, when you took your child to receive that drink, how many of you knew this? And I didn't know this because we just recently took our children to get their, you know... BJ had one to go to preschool this year, so he had to get his PPT shot in a, in a, in a drink, polio drink. To my surprise, see, we couldn't get into our, their doctor's office. We couldn't get in because they couldn't possibly take him until the end of September. And school starts in August. And so we said, well, what are we going to do? He wants to go to school, and you can't see him until September. He wants to start school, and I can't get him in school until he gets this shot and this drink. Well, they says, you know, call the health department and see if you can get it that way. And so we did. And so we went in, and this is the first time we ever had it done this way, but we went into the school up here, and we had signed a paper. We had to sign a paper. Which I never did. In a doctor's office, I never did this. I didn't know what those papers said. Matter of fact, I wasn't told much about what side effects these shots can possibly have on your children. Now, maybe I was just ignorant of the fact, and maybe you know about it, but I didn't know about it. But I'm sitting down reading this here paper, and it says, and I'm reading this about this polio drink, and it says, One out of every so many that receive this drink, one out of so many children, they contract polio and die. And I said, what? One out of every so many children that drink this drink will die. I didn't know that before. Thank God I prayed up before I went there. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You know, I said they die. But then they were all to say, but, because... It's better to have, in my own words, it's better to have one die than many others contract the disease. We feel that it's better to give this. Now, I thank God that I had someone to turn to. I already claimed that it would not have any effect on my child, my children. Both boys went. But one father that read that article, not while I was there, this was another time, became irate. I don't believe he was saved. He just read that had to, and was supposed to sign that paper and he went hysterical. He said, you mean to tell me that when my child takes that drink that my child can get polio and die from it? And they said, well, there's one chance out of so many. And it was all they could do to constrain him. He didn't know that. And I didn't know that. How many of you heard about that Vaccine that they, they, they gave you for the swine flu. Now, come on. How many of you heard about the many that died from it? Anybody here? You know someone that died from it. You've heard of it. Well, what is this? This is an attempt to fight a spiritual battle with carnal means, with natural weapons. And if you really think about it, now I'm just bringing this out just to strike your thinking. If you think about it, think about it. You weren't in there with your baby. If you had your baby in there and you're thinking that you're going to give that to my baby, you are actually going to give a, part, a portion of that bacteria, that germ that's going to cause polio into my baby's body with the chance that it might receive it and die. And you go, go ahead, I'll take my chance. What if you were that one? Thank God I knew about faith. Because if I, if I didn't know about faith, I wouldn't have done it. I probably would have walked out and says, Well, that's all right. And I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll educate myself. But, but think about it. That's something that, you know, I think we have trusted that which man has devised without really studying to find out the full fullness of the effects of it. Now, many have died from this you know, vaccine that they took to prevent the swine flu, and etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. Many things that you don't know about, we don't know about, that man has devised that are not 100% foolproof. Now think about it. I've been thinking about it. And I've been praising God for what I've been learning about faith and healing. So you see, although man in his own realm devises certain weapons... To combat these forces that are arrayed against him, those weapons, you must realize, are only from this realm. And the onslaught is not coming from this realm. The forces behind the attack, they come from the spirit realm. And the spirit realm is greater than the physical realm. And the battle against disease... Let me show you a scripture. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The battle against disease will never be won in the physical realm. Believe me, I want to put this in a way that, you know, I am not speaking against the medical profession. Don't mishear what I'm saying, please. It's very difficult sometimes people mishear what you're saying. All I'm saying is that the natural realm has limitations. And there is what we call chance. When it comes to believing in the natural realm, you are actually taking a chance that your baby will not be the one that contracts the disease and dies. And there are those that have been left paralyzed or there have been those that have been left with polio in their bodies for life because they took that drink. Now, that's something to think about. And there are other things and many that I don't know about and you don't know about that have happened to people because... They took man's way of fighting spiritual warfare. And the results are bad. This scripture over here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 will help us to understand something. Now, when I read this, the Spirit of God had to unveil something to me because I was was, uh, stuck by one word and I didn't know what to do with it. Now... There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. The common cold is common to man, isn't it? Sickness and disease, they're common to man. The flu is a common thing. Uh, want is a common thing. Death is a common thing. From a natural standpoint, worry and fear, that's all common. Those things are common to man. But listen what it says. But God is faithful. Who is faithful? I want you to know that God is not the author of the temptation. God is the faithful one. He's not the tempting one. When Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted of the tempter, who was the tempter? The devil. The devil is the tempter. But God is the faithful one who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. What's he saying? that God will not allow the devil to tempt you above that which you are able. In other words, he can't use anything that's above that which is common to man. Our temptations come into this realm, but he cannot go beyond this realm and use things out of the other realm, you see, to destroy us with. If Satan could use all his powers and ability of a spirit being, abilities of a spirit being, we wouldn't be any match for him. But thank God all He can do is manipulate this realm, you know, and the things of this realm to come against us to destroy us. And so what He's actually saying in this scripture is that there's nothing in this realm that we face that can destroy us if we learn this latter part of this verse. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. Who will make a way of escape? Who will? God will make a way of escape or man will. Who does it say will? Now remember something God's ways are not man's ways and God's thoughts are not man's thoughts. Let the natural human evil man forsake his ways and his thoughts and come over to God's ways and God's thoughts. Here we see that God has ways, God has devised a plan of escape. He has given us a means whereby we can fight spiritual warfare with spiritual weapons, not with common weaponry. Now, think about this. He has made a way for us of escape from every temptation that's common to man, including the common cold. Now, man has devised... An enormous amount of remedies, so-called remedies, for the common cold. You walk in any drugstore and you have got yourself, I mean, counter upon counter, shelf upon shelf, filled with so-called common cold remedies. How many of you have had any relief? I mean, long-lasting relief from the common cold. And flu symptoms, I mean, this is supposed to... I'll tell you what. Man's ways, they just don't make it. You finally throw that thing... I tell you what, I remember one time before I got saved, I had, I had a problem. Because when I got the flu, before I got saved, when I got the flu, I got the flu. And I couldn't take anything like penicillin because I was allergic to penicillin. Almost died from it. Poisoned my system. My legs swelled up like balloons. My ankles swell up like balloons. I had blotches all over my body. What in the world is this? I don't know what it was. But of course, I just went for the flu... Went to a doctor and he gave me this and almost killed me. Think about that. I took something into my system that I didn't know anything about. Didn't study it out first. I didn't know the side effect that penicillin can have on my body, did I? But I just took it just by faith, believing in this profession. Well, I'll tell you what. It may work for some, but it didn't work for me. It almost killed me. So I couldn't take those things, you know. I was allergic to another thing called sulfur. So I couldn't take the things that, would, that, that medical science devised, you see, to, to combat this thing called the flu. So what did I have to do? Well, I tried some of these things on the counter, you know, like uh, some things that you take to, just, to, just to try. And I'll never forget. Man, I took one of these. I won't say what it is. I just took one thing. You're supposed to drink it, you know, before you go to bed. Boy, I'll tell you what. I drank that stuff before I went to bed. And I got up and couldn't stand on my feet. I took one step about to fall on the floor. I said, if that's what this stuff does to you, I'd, I'd forget it. I'll be without it. I couldn't even stand up to walk. I was worse than before I took it. So I said, I'll just fight it out myself. And that's exactly what I did. I just, even back then, I just couldn't take anything. Anything I took just had a you know adverse effect upon me. I just couldn't get any relief from it. And maybe that's why I really got into finding out how God's Word works when I got saved. Because <laughs> I cer- certainly did, did not find any relief in the medical field. I didn't find any victory in it. I didn't get any help from it. Well, thank God. God has devised certain ways. And in the latter part of that verse, look what it says. He'll also make a way of escape that you may be able to what? Able to what? That you may be able to bear it. That word threw me for a loop. I said, wait a minute. What Jesus bore... I need not bear. And I says, now what is he referring to here in this scripture? What is he referring to? So I looked up the word bear, and it, it is, should be translated endure it. To endure. And then I began to have my eyes opened by the Spirit of God, and I began to see something. Yeah. Man, natural man, is in this realm... But tempter is in the spirit realm. He's a spirit being. He could figure out more ways to make you sick than you could figure out remedies to keep you well. You figure out a remedy to help smallpox, he'll come up with something called polio. You figure out a way to prevent polio, he'll figure out something called Tuberculosis. You try to figure out something to stop tuberculosis, he'll get something called cancer. You try to find a cure for cancer, he'll find a, a disease called, and they can't name him anymore, so they're now calling him the devil's disease. You hear about that one yet? It's true, I'm not making it up. They couldn't think of any more names, so they just finally call it the devil's disease. You try to find a cure for the devil's disease, he'll come up with muscular dystrophy. You try to find a cure for muscular dystrophy and he just goes on and on and on and on and you cannot outwear the devil. You can't wear him down. He will wear you out before you wear him out. You you see what I'm saying? You can't endure it. If it was not for a way that God makes for us to escape, we could not endure that which he tempts us with. There are not enough cures to go around. And we say that, we know, we are progressing, but I'll be honest with you. There are more people in hospitals, there are more people sick, and there are more diseases than we've ever heard of before. What is that showing you? What's that showing me? Yeah, they may have snuffed out a few, and we thank God for that. I'm not belittling that at all. I'm just showing you something that it's an endless cycle, no matter how many man finds a cure for, the devil's got more darts. Do you see what I'm saying? He's got more darts. So you find something for this. It'll take you 20 years to find it. And after he wears your thinking down for 20 years and you finally got something, boom! Did you hear that brand new disease just came out? What? Where do you think it came from? You think man makes them up? Man doesn't make up these diseases. Man knows. And I give this credit to the medical science field. The medical science field says that sickness and disease is an enemy of man. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank God that they realize that and they know that. And thank God they are doing something about it. Trying to in the natural realm. They are using the limit of their abilities. But you see, you and I as believers, our weapons are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. Praise God. Although at that time when I had the flu, I had tried all I could to discover a way to get relief from this thing. I couldn't do it. But bless God, when I got born again, when I got saved, when I started to study the Word of God and I found out that Jesus bore my sicknesses and Jesus carried my pains... Now, I've had symptoms. There are are degrees. Remember, I've had symptoms try to come on my body, but it's never put me flat on my back. Bless God, I just stood upon God's Word, and I found a weapon that's far above flu. A cure for the common cold. Hallelujah. And that's God's Word. Do you see what I'm saying? No, we're not going to enter into the fullness of this thing right off the bat. We need to do some research and discovery for ourselves like the medical field does. But let's not endeavor to get into the same realm that they're in. Let's endeavor to get into the higher realm. You know, did you ever do it like this? See, man wants to fight his battles with a carnal weapon. Did you ever find yourself saying, if I had that devil right about here, I'd get my hands and wring his neck as tight as I could. You can't fight the devil that way. I heard DJ say one time, he said, that devil's here, I'd kick him. That's what he said. I said, B.J., you can't fight the devil that way. It just doesn't work. He's not here. And if he were here, what would you do with him? I mean, you know, you can't put him in a box, or put him in jail and walk right through it. He's a spirit. What would you do? You can't fight the devil that way. But you see, what, what, that's an expression we have because we'd like to get him in this round. Boy, you've become a human being for about five minutes. Woo, glory. <laughs> right? Give me five minutes just with you for a while and I'll tell you what. I'll show you a thing or two. But you can't fight him in that realm. I'm not belittling the natural realm and what, God, what man has done and what man has discovered. Thank God for it. But what I'm saying is, if you are going to fight it in that realm, it's an endless battle. You will never win. He will wear you out. And no matter how spiritually mature you become or I become there will always be that tendency of fighting spiritual battles with carnal weapons. That's why we need to constantly remind ourselves that our battle is not with flesh and blood. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. So that word there, bear, endure, it means that we won't be able to endure it because we are human beings endeavoring to fight spiritual battles with carnal weapons and the physical will wear out before the spiritual. How long has man been warring against sickness and disease? Ever since sickness and disease came into being, is that correct? How many men have died, come and gone, come and gone, died, lived and died, lived and died, lived and died, lived and died, even attempting to find cures for diseases, etc., etc., but yet the devil still lives. Isn't that correct? You see what I'm saying? He's going on and on and on. Your, your lifespan is very short upon the on the earth compared... He's been around since God created him. And since his fall, he's been doing this to us. And so you see what I'm saying is we'll never win. In our generation, we will never win the battle uh, against sickness and disease, against poverty, against want, if we're going to use carnal weapons. It just won't work that way. We have got to discover... Spiritual weapons. Now look at Ephesians chapter 6 and let's begin reading at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice it does not say put on the whole armor of man. Now think about it. Man has devised ways to protect himself from flu, cold, polio, arthritis, etc., etc., etc. Man is devising ways. Headaches, you know, aspirin. It, It just... Man has a way. But God says, I will make a way of escape so that you can withstand against the wiles of the devil. Let's go on. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, Satan's not flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able... Matter of fact, circle that word right now, able. And look at verse 11 and circle the word able again. Able. You'll see it in both scriptures. Able. Verse 13... Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be circle the word able, able, able. To quench all the fiery darts of the devil, of the wicked. All. How many? All. Every. All. And take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want you to notice that verse 16 again. If we are not quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked, then we have misplaced our shield of faith. Our shield of faith is not being effective against the darts of the wicked. And I want you to note that all the... Fi- now, in, in the Amplified, it translates that that word, it translates it like this. All the missiles, fiery missiles, like over there in Russia and some of the foreign lands, they have missiles set up. They don't even have to come over to the United States to invade us. All they need to do is send a missile over. Isn't that correct? Push a button, send a missile over. Well, Satan's in that spiritual realm, and what he, what he does, instead of coming over into this realm, he just sends his missiles over. He shoots that missile of disease over here, and he gets your mind baffled. He even gets medical science. Even You know, he's even in control of that. He's got them bogged down right now trying to discover a cure for this. And right when they get to the brink of when they're going to get something, he shoots a missile over there. And all of a sudden, we've got a brand new disease and we've got to, you know, run over here and get them thinking in that direction. He's got them baffled. I mean, let's face it, if anybody's here involved in the medical science field, I think you know what I'm talking about. You seem to get once this over here, then something comes over here, then something comes over there. It's just like, it's an endless cycle. One thing after another. He keeps sending his missiles over and over and over. But I want you to know there's something, a weapon called the shield of faith that will quench all, every fiery dart of the wicked. Every one. That's not a natural weapon. That's a supernatural, spiritual weapon. But I want you to notice again that word able. See it? Able. Able. See, it's not our job to fight the devil in the carnal natural realm. But I'll tell you what our job is. This is what it boils down to. It's our job to let the devil know that we know that Jesus defeated him and that we are sharing in his victory over him and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God to pulling down his strongholds and bless God with the shield of faith and the weapons of our warfare we could quench his every fiery dart and we are living in the victory. That's what it's our job to do. Don't fight the battle. Bless God, just enjoy Jesus' victory over the devil. But if he can get you to think that he is the one that's greater, if he can get you to think that he's got the upper hand on you, if he can get you to think that he is bigger than Jesus, what do you mean by that? Well, did you ever hear Christians walk around saying, well, the devil's just on my back this week? I mean, he's just been uh, making me sick and and causing these problems. And man, this is the worst day, I tell you, that I've ever lived upon the face of the earth. Well, I want you to note something right now. Put this in your notes, big letters, write it up on a big piece of cardboard, put it on your refrigerator. God does not want me to have another bad day. God does not want me to have another bad day. He never designed it so that we would be defeated by the devil. And when we talk about... Do you know this, that most Christians, a lot of Christians use the name of Satan more than they use the name of Jesus? Listen to their vocabulary. Well, you know, the devil did this, the devil did that. And I'll tell you what, that devil's just got... me. Whenever we talk like that, beloved, we're coming down to his level. Just because there's a stronghold over your life. Say you have a problem in one of these realms. And we'll talk about these problems. Say you have a bad habit. The devil wants you to look at, the, at that bad habit as being a weakness in your life. Instead of his stronghold over your life. If you keep seeing yourself as being weak in this area. I'm just so weak I can't get rid of this. I just, and I feel so guilty. Then he's got you whipped. You'll be defeated. You'll never rise above the occasion. You'll never win the battle. But if you can recognize it as only a stronghold of the devil, and then learn how to pull down his strongholds with supernatural means, with with weapons, supernatural weapons, mighty weapons through God, then bit by bit you'll begin to pull that stronghold down. You'll find out that he has no right to put that thing, to, to keep you in bondage to that thing. You'll find out that he has no right to hold you in bondage to anything. And slowly but surely... His power over you will wane and the power of God within you will rise above that power and free you and set you free from that whatever that habit was. Right. See, you take something like Alcoholics Anonymous. We thank God for what I think of what they can do. A lot of people have been helped through that program. But you see, it doesn't give give them what they need a new life. It just helps them prevent This thing from coming on them. It doesn't set them free from it. You talk to one that's been for 20 or 30 years and you know what they'll say? I'm an alcoholic. Won't they? Isn't that what they'll say? I'm an alcoholic. I go to alcoholics and but I'm an alcoholic. All they're doing is controlling that which they have. See, that's all man can do is try to control it. But hallelujah, I know that this. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free in other words, I'll give you a power, a weapon that's so mighty, it'll blow that thing out. You won't be alcoholic anymore. Amen. You see why supernatural means are far greater than natural means? Supernatural weapons are far greater than natural weapons. They have limitations, but supernatural power doesn't. It'll give you a new life. It'll give you power over that thing. It won't control you any longer. You control it. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the difference, you see. That's the difference. Between fighting battles, spiritual battles with carnal weapons or with mighty weapons. Now, I want you to see this begin at verse 6 again. I'm sorry, verse 10 again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in who? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through who? Be strong in the Lord and the power of His. They are mighty through who? Mighty through who? Mighty through who? God. Not through man. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. The word strong is from the Greek word E N D U N A M O O and Dunamo. And it means empower or to enable. Finally, my brethren, be empowered or be enabled by the Lord with the power of His might. Alright, now keep that thought. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. That word able is D-U-N-A-M-A-I. Dunami. And it means capable. Capable. Or to be possible. Then, just remember this. Look at verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, where ye may be able. Look at verse 16. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be. What? Same word again. Do to me. To be capable or to be possible. Now, in Mark 9, 23. Don't turn to it. Just hold your place there. It says, All things are to him that believeth. That's the word D-U-N-A-T-O-S. Dunatos. And it means capable or being possible. I want you to note that these words, these Greek words are all derived from the word dunamis. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. All these words essentially are saying the same thing. Finally, my brethren, be empowered with the... Uh, dunamis means the ability of God. Miracle working power or supernatural ability of God. Finally, my brethren, be empowered with the ability of God or be enabled with the ability of God and put on the whole armor of God that you may, it may be possible or it may, you may be capable of standing against all the wiles of the devil. Take the shield of faith so it may be possible, so that you may be enabled or capable of quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked. For all things are possible, see, all, to those that are empowered with the ability of God. And I like to say it like this here. I made myself a little confession. All things are possible to the believer... Because he is empowered with the ability of God to stand against, which gives him the ability to stand against all the wiles of the devil and to quench his every fiery dart. I almost called this sermon, Why All Things Are Possible. You know why all things are possible now? Because the believer is empowered or enabled with the ability of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Is that possible? Ephesians says that we have the power, the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. We are actually empowered with the ability of God which enables us. See, going back to that temptation scripture, 1 Corinthians 10 13, what's it saying? There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. Hallelujah. And He has enabled us with His supernatural ability. And if we are enabled with His ability, well, the devil might be smarter than man. The sickness might be, you know, greater than natural man. And the devil, you know, in his onslaught, given all these diseases for medical science, to trying to figure out, don't know which way they're going, you know, to try to figure them all out. He may be smarter than man, but bless God, Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, they're greater than the devil, and they're living in us, and he enables us through his ability to put the nut, the devil. Sickness and disease, all that he stands for. As a matter of fact, every fiery dart. What would it mean to be enabled by God? What does it mean to have the ability of God? What does it mean? I like to think this. You ready for this? When three Hebrew children were about to walk into a burning fiery furnace, God had the ability to protect them from harm or hurt. In such a manner that smoke wasn't even upon them. You think that's ability? That's ability. Being enabled with the ability of God. When Daniel was cast into a lion's den, does not the scripture say that the Lord sent an angel down to shut the mouths of the lion and Daniel was saved? That's ability. What would man have done? What weapon would he have devised to protect himself? What What could Daniel have used, is what I'm trying to say, to protect himself from them hungry lions? I've never been in a den of lions, hungry lions. But I know it wouldn't take long. Right? Well, what weapon do you think you can take in there to get them all? Well, first of all, he didn't have any weapon. Except spiritual weapon. My God whom I serve. Do you know what the three Hebrew children said? You're going to love this. What flashes of light just come when you just start to think about God's Word? Here's what they said. The God... Whom we serve is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the burning fire furnace, O king. And he will deliver us. The king says, what God is able to deliver you out of mine hand? Daniel, I mean, I mean the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, The God that we serve is able. And after their deliverance, the king said, There's no God like unto your God that's able to deliver of this sort. What's it mean to have the ability of God? Do you see it? He has empowered us with His ability. For it is God which is at work within you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. No wonder we could stand against the wiles of the devil. No wonder we can quench every fiery dart that comes our way and every missile that he sends, you know, to attack us with. If we don't fight it with natural means, but supernatural. Because he is our ability. This God is able to perform that which he's promised. Now, I want to show you two more scriptures that'll... that'll Show you beyond the shadow of the doubt of a doubt that God is your sufficiency. He is your ability, and there are no limitations in Him. Look at Second Corinthians chapter three, verses five and six. You say, "Well, that's some kind of bold speaking and in, in preaching," you know. Well, I don't think we've ever studied the New Testament close enough to find out what it's really saying along these lines. If you were to stand against the devil in your own ability, you'd be flattered in a pancake. You cannot defeat the devil. You can't go against him in your own name. You can't go against him in the name of medical science or in the name of any other weapon that man has devised and come out victorious. Because he'll wear you out. Even though, like I said, you get a victory over this disease, he'll just bring you another one. And so you get a victory over that disease, he'll just devise another one. And no matter what you come up against, he'll just make another one. Can you see that? And, and about your bills. You know, we thought, well, we're going we're to devise a budget. I mean, uh, an accurate budget of our expenditures, and we're going to see to it that we live by this budget, and this budget is the answer to our financial problems. Hogwash. You know that's not true because you have done it to, you know, every minute detail. You know exactly where this dollar or that penny's going, and you've just figured it out just accurately, and you know you can just make it by the month. And then 1,715 other things happened in your life that you needed money for, right? Someone came to the door wanting to. Sell a candy bar. Someone came in and had this. You needed this for the car. You needed that for the washing machine. You needed this. The kids needed new shoes. They'd out right and pass them what you thought. And before you know it, what happened to your budget? Say it flew out the window. Well, you see, man has devised these things, but I'll tell you something. There is a, a way in the supernatural realm that will never go broke, and it's found in Malachi. Bless God. Pay your tithes unto the Lord, and there'll be meat in his house, and he'll see to it that he opens up the window gates of heaven and pours you out a blessing who would ever think that God would devise a way of giving to be prosperous? You see what I'm saying? My God shall supply all your needs. Whoever thought that that would be a weapon against poverty and want? But it is. If, you, if you'll learn how to use it, it'll work every time in every situation. It'll keep you above. Okay, look at this uh, 2 Corinthians third chapter, verse 5. Now, note this very carefully. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. See, when you preach this way, people think, well, you're just boasting on yourself. Wait a minute. Paul wasn't boasting on himself. He's saying, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. Everybody is a minister of the New Testament. Am I correct in saying that? Are we not all ministers of the New Testament? Don't we all have the ministry of reconciliation? Look at this not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers he has enabled us he's made us able ministers of the new testament because he is our sufficiency i'll give you one more scripture second corinthians chapter 9 look at verse 8 Boy, we used this scripture before, but I'll tell you what, look at it in this light. It'll bless your heart. Everywhere you see this word able, and God is able to make how much grace? How much grace? How much grace? You, do you know what God told Paul? He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient. God is our sufficiency. He has enabled us, and He's able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Did you get that? Not just in some things, but in all things. He is our sufficiency. He enables us through His grace, through His power, through His ability. To overcome all the works of the devil. No matter what that fiery missile or dart might represent. Because he has become our sufficiency. Say that with me. God is my sufficiency. God is my sufficiency. 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 So don't fight the battle with carnal means. Carnal weapons. Now if you have a problem with strife. If you have a problem in, in the area of bad habits. If you have a problem in your home with your children. If you have these problems that are represented a lot in the body of Christ. If, if, if you have that problem. Step number one is to find out God's way of escape. Find it out. What's God's way of escape? Did you notice that he said that with every temptation, God has made a way of escape? And it will not be a carnal way. It won't be a carnal method. We thank God for the aids we have in, in carnal weapon. But it will not be carnal. There will be a spiritual way. A way in the spirit. A spiritual weapon of your warfare. That will be your way of escape. Out of this temptation to be in strife. Out of this temptation to be in bond to that bad habit. Of this temptation to Whatever. I'll be honest with you. If you'll start to study the subject of sickness and disease out more accurately, you'll see the connection it has with sin. You'll find out that there's a temptation to sin, isn't there? Aren't we tempted to sin? You'll be tempted to be sick. You'll find out that there's a way of escape out of the temptation to be sick. I have, And I do not say this boasting. Because, listen, don't you ever put your faith in a man. Because a man can fall at any time. I'm not planning on it, but a man can fall any time. But I have to say that we have had tremendous success as a family in standing against sickness and disease concerning our children and concerning ourselves. Tremendous success. And why do you think we had to just take BJ for his shot? I mean, he's four years old. He should have had those shots when he was three months, but he just never got sick to take him to a doctor. We just never had to take them. We've always prayed and instantly they're healed. We never had to do that. And we're learning about this weapon that God has made, this escape that God has made from sickness and disease. Are you perfected in it? I'd have to say no. Are you? Is anybody? But I'm learning about it. And if you plan on having children, you know, whatever, if you have children, there could be nothing, other than getting them into the family of God, there could be nothing more rewarding than watching your children be free from sickness and disease. Because when the devil tries to get your child with a sickness or a disease, that's when you want to wring his neck. And you wish he was in this round. How many of you can stand the sight of seeing your child sick? You can't stand it. Or burning up with a fever. You can't stand it. Well, God has made a way of escape. And I thank Him for it. Let's all stand before the Lord because we, got, we don't want to overrun. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry.